If one goes on, uh, on some of the regular traditional type Catholic blogs, one will frequently find comparisons between the new mass and the old mass. One will look at uh, the variance between the, the order of mass itself, uh, look at the, the difference in the lectionary cycles, uh, to be able to look at the calendars of feasts of the saints, and as well as one of the things that's interestingly recent years has been uh, a, a, a comparison and a deeper reflection upon uh, the specific prayers of the Mass, the propers, the, uh, the, the collect, the introit, the offertory, uh, post-communion, and communion anaphon. And it's these prayers that uh, they very often kind of give us something of the, the flavor of the prayer that we ought to come with our hearts uh, focused upon. And it's this fact that the opening collect of today's Mass Mass invites us to, to seek after the grace of our Lord, the grace that, uh, that goes before, during, and after. It's the grace that is, is, is kind of all-consuming, that is meant to, to fill us, to fill us to the full, as St. Paul tells us, inviting us to the fullness of the grace of God. In addition to this, there are several, uh, several things that are kind of notable about the traditional Mass, in which we see a glimpse of once again today. Two of the things that we see nearly continuously are the invitation to humility and the reality of the cross. The cross doesn't seem so evident today, but humility certainly is present. With this invitation for us, as St. Paul himself beginning, he's, he's writing and he's speaking to the community, community of how he bends the knee on their behalf. He humbles himself before the Lord. He's able to, to, to make himself little so that the community there might be big with his grace. He allows himself to be humbled and, and, and set aside in so many ways so that they might come to the fore and, and to be filled with the life of God. He says, don't, don't be ashamed about this. It's not something to, uh, to be you know, kind of worried about in so many ways. It's your glory. Humility is the glory of the man. St. Paul encourages us in this, but most certainly in the gospel, our blessed Lord sets another image before our eyes to grow in this humility of heart, to grow in this willingness to make ourselves small in this world. He's here with the, uh, with the Pharisees. You know, he goes, he enters into the house of one of the ruling, one, one of the ruling Pharisees. So he's going, into the, he's going into the lion's den, right? You know that every time our Lord, even when he's, in, even when he's not in someone's house, the Pharisees are always seem to be around, and they're always ready to, to just tear him to bits with any kind of question that can make him look a fool. And here, he actually just goes into the home of the Pharisees. And so you can imagine kind of the gloves are off, so to speak. The Pharisees are, this is my house, right? This is my house. And so our blessed Lord is here at this meal, and he begins, presumably, to, to make example of those who are around him. Again, Jesus' gloves are off too. <laughs> the reality is, is he's sitting there making the example of the individuals who happen to be around the table. To be at the home of a leading Pharisee is a place of notoriety. And certainly, if you know, it's a kind of an axiom of the world, if you want to be well-known, you start rubbing elbows with people who are well-known. You want to get in, right? You want to work your way into the system. You want to, you want to, you know, kind of flaunt your, you know, flaunt your, 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 your richness, your, your value, your worth. 
to be able to show forth the, the goodness of things, right? We kind of start to, you know, to, to manifest the, you know, the, here's why you should, here's why you should be, uh, you know, companions with me. Here's why we should be business partners. Here's why this, that, or the other thing. And we start to, to, to show forth all the goodness that is in us to elevate ourselves in so many ways is the temptation of the human heart if we seek to climb the ladder. And in this place, our Lord is seeing the same taking place. One of the leading Pharisees, one of the, one of the top religious rulers of the day, and certainly if you want to be well-known, if you want to be in the know, if you want to be a, a person of some, of some you know, value, so to speak, in the society of the day, what better place than to try to take a higher seat? to be able to try to get close to the guest, to get close to the Lord, to be able to get close to the leading Pharisee who presumably has our Lord close to him so as to speak to him and ask him these things. And the reality is that our Lord makes a wonderful example of them. If you are coming to take a higher seat, recognize that someone may well have been invited that's more important than you. And then you don't just move down a seat. It's not like everybody just moves down a seat. You go and take the last spot. Those who exalt themselves are humbled. Imagine having the seat right next to our blessed Lord and the, and the master of the house says, yeah, that was for somebody else. And you find yourself all the way at the far end of the table. This is the reality of what will happen. If we exalt ourselves... If we try to climb the ladder in whatever sense it may be found, whether in the things of the world or even in the things of the church, to be able to, to, to show forth our spiritual riches, our spiritual value, our spiritual worth, to be able to, you know, there are some certainly within the church who, who have a mind to climb the ladder to be famous and notable, and so, you know, it's good to rub elbows with cardinals or notable, uh, you know, noble internet priests or bishops or these kinds of individuals, right? It's a temptation for us in whatever realm we find ourselves but to be able to get close to them, to be able to seek to exalt oneself, this in the end will never work well for us. We may have our reward in this life and we may have all kinds of wonderful praises heaped upon us, but in the end we will be humbled and it won't simply be the last seat that we find, it will be a hot seat, it will be the fires of hell because we have made ourselves great when in fact we were little and we have failed to recognize it and turn to the one who can make us great. We have failed to turn to the good Lord. But rather, it is whenever we find ourselves in these situations to humble ourselves, not to be able to look to, to advance ourselves or to elevate ourselves and to make, to make you know, our, ourselves kind of climbing the ladder in whatever sense, but rather to accept our place in humility and even to take the lowest one so that if the, if the seat is not ours, we are invited to take a higher one. And what a joy it would be to be found at the far end of the table, away from our blessed Lord, and to have someone go, no, no, go sit next to him. What a joy that would be. And this is what our blessed Lord does for us. If we humble ourselves, we find ourselves far. But if, if, we, if we exalt ourselves, rather, we find ourselves far, but if we humble ourselves, we'll find ourselves brought very, very near because he is the humble one to whom we are drawn. This has, of course, many practical implications. And this can be, you know, the simple thing of, of you know, not, uh, not taking the first seat uh, in whatever place that we seek to find ourselves. 
It could be allowing ourselves to take, uh, not to take the first parking spot when it's the one closest to the store. Maybe take the one two or three spots away. A little thing, but a small mortification, a small moment of, of being willing to be lower than and to allow someone else to have the first spot, literally. It's willing whenever praise is heaped upon us to be able to not to simply rejoice in it and to, and to, to, to kind of say, yeah, and let me tell you more about it, but rather to accept it, you know, graciously, but then to be able to point to the Lord or point to, very often, it's usually to those who are around us, because very often our, our victories are not simply our own, but they are built upon the shoulders and by, uh, by the help of others. And so it's to, to see these things and to acknowledge them, to turn to them, and to be able not to exalt ourselves, but to remain humble in the sight of the Lord. If we remain humble in the sight of the Lord, we may remain small in this life. We remain, very likely will remain kind of inconsequential as we might seem in the eyes of the world. One who's simply just kind of lost in a sea of faces. But the fact is that, that the Lord sees all of these things. And if we're willing to make ourselves little in this life, or if we're willing to take the last seat, He recognizes all of this because he recognizes it as himself, alive in our souls, his virtue, his grace, alive in us. And indeed, we draw close to him in eternity. And so as we offer these holy mysteries, is to give thanks to God for this reminder once more to humble ourselves before the Lord. Many postures through the course of this holy mass invite us to the same, falling to our knees, the striking of our breast, the reception of communion on the tongue, all of these ways. We humble ourselves before him to recognize that he is the all-holy one. Nothing we have that is ours except our sin. Nothing good except that which is given to us from the first, the grace of God. And so mindful of all these things, to draw close to our Lord, to humble ourselves before him, that one day at the end he will exalt us.